0: Oh, I remember this one very well. We figured that with only four more episodes to close out year one of this podcast, this story had to be here. Hi, I'm Chris May, writer, producer, and host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada and only one week away from its first anniversary. In 2017, water levels in Lake Ontario were at their highest in more than 100 years. And on May 27th, they reached that peak, a level that was recorded at 75.93 meters on this day in weather history. Okay, so this story has two major reasons as to why and how this happened. And although it was triggered by the weather, that's not the full story. Today we go back and look at everything that happened in that time. First, Lake Ontario levels began rising above normal as early as April. The spring started out unusually mild, temperatures above seasonal, and that led obviously to a more rapid snowmelt. Pair that with an exceptionally rainy spring, and now we suddenly have an increased water supply to the basin. Fast forward now to late May, early June, and Lake Ontario was still above its highest water levels recorded at any time since 1918. How is this not going down? We'll get to that. But first, the effect of this flooding was felt along the entire length of Toronto's waterfront. Many of the beautiful waterfront parks along the Toronto shoreline suffered significant evidence of land erosion and other damage, along with debris that piled up with whatever the tide brought in and couldn't flush out over the spring months. But nowhere was it as bad as Toronto Island Park. Were over 800 residents, almost 30 businesses, and two schools were now faced with having to deal with a long-term crisis of rising waters. And the City of Toronto deployed more than 45,000 sandbags and 1,000 what they call meter bags and more than a dozen industrial pumps to try to control and in any way lessen the effects of the rising water. But now there were also reports surfacing of water coming up through the ground inland and away from the shoreline. Land liquefaction. You know how as a child, when you would go to the beach and you would play around digging a hole in the sand, and you got frustrated because at a certain point water would bubble up and then you couldn't do a thing to stop it? That's the water table that you had reached. And with Toronto Island basically being a sandbar offshore, this was happening because of the fact that actual lake ontario itself was carrying much more water than it should with only four more episodes to go until the end of our first year it's now more important than ever to remember that this day in weather history can be enjoyed a number of ways right now you are listening to the full version of today's story on your favorite podcast provider but there is also the daily podcast video short. They are shot right here in my podcast recording studio so you get that perspective and oftentimes they will include visuals from that day's event from when it happened in weather history. So after listening to the full story, go check out the podcast video short on television or online anytime at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. Okay, so uh, what happened? Ever heard of the International Joint Commission? No? Most had not before this incident. They are an organization co-op, basically, between Canada and the United States that formed, get this, all the way back in 1909. It's amazing that it had been around that long, but now they had every media spotlight on them. They're actually a critical group that regulates the outflow of the waters of Lake Ontario to the St. Lawrence River. They follow an agreed upon and carefully prescribed plan that is charged with balancing water levels upstream and downstream to minimize flood and erosion impacts to all shores along that path. I'm assuming that the reason that they were a 108-year-old organization that most only found out about here was because they had done a dang good job, but this one was just really unusual and there was an entire island with the name Toronto on it that was now in jeopardy. They needed to be careful here and hold this precarious balance so as to not totally inundate the narrower passages of the St. Lawrence and in its literal wake, totally disrupt shipping along this centuries old route. This action gradually resulted in a reduction of approximately one centimeters per day in Lake Ontario. So it was slow and gradual But by early June, Lake Ontario's level was on a gradual decline. After the water peaked at a record high, this day in weather history. Tomorrow is May 28th, and it is episode 362. With now only four more days to go until our first anniversary, we will be looking ahead to the Barry Tornado of 1985, the 1948 Oregon flood, and a shipwreck that had the most unusual circumstances surrounding it. But tomorrow is a story from the year 1900 that is literally lights out amazing, man. That's tomorrow on this day in weather history with me, your host, Chris May.